Hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil. We've always wanted to know what goes into a Storm Prediction Center forecast, and tonight we're going to find out. We've got fire weather forecaster Andrew Lyons. But its intended purpose is for large, violent tornadoes impacting uh, population centers. That can be a town, um, you know, of a thousand people or a city. And we're never without our hashtag weather fools. Plus, we've got some wasted weather clips. It's all on episode 160 of the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, I'll tell you what, we always want to thank our Patreon members, our teammates that help support the show. Uh, we've got new EF5 member Al Mason uh, just, just joined the team, so welcome to Al. And I, I do want to do this because we haven't done it for a while. Just kind of give a quick shout-out to all of our Patreon team uh, as well. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go through the different levels. So at our supercell level, we got Candace Aravet, uh, at the blizzard level. Those are the ones watching us live. I want to see if we get, uh, while we talk about that, see if we got come anyone coming in. Don't see anybody. If, if you're, uh, if you are live with us, jump in on the chat. Uh, but this is uh, Jamie Lambert, Jeannie Schaefer, Jenny Hagen, Joey Mays. And then we've got the EF5 level, um, which are getting in on additional merch, behind-the-scenes documents. Uh, that's what these guys are also getting. Josh Burnham, Steve Collier, um, Jackson, Curtis Fafard, Timothy Veltman, uh, those EF5 gang. And then, of course, last but not least, our Hurricane Level. These are the ones joining us in the recording studio tonight. Uh, Dan Wallace, Angela Krager, Garrett Beverly. I uh, just want to thank all of you for helping to support the show. You can also join our Patreon team, be with us and our guests live on every show, and enjoy some of the exclusive swag and gifts that we're giving away which you guys are going to love this at the end of the show. When we talk about what the next episode is going to be, uh, we're, we got more giveaways and I'm going to share this with, with all you guys. This, we got some, this to me is just some sweet stuff. So that's a cool teaser, but it's going to be worth it. Uh, you can find the Patreon link at stormfrontfreaks.com. And hey, it is whether if, yeah, Wait, I might even stick around just to the end of the you show. Might, you should. Tonight might be the night that Maz uh, makes it through the whole show. We'll after 160, <laughs> uh, we'll have to see if that works out. But if you are new to the show, uh, every time we record, it's always happy hour, uh, and and so it, it gives us a chance to introduce the co-hosts that are with us tonight, find out what they're drinking, uh, but also it just sets the tone, right? We we love being a fun. Uh, weather show. We we like to educate, but not get too sciencey in the process. Uh, so we like to have a good time. So I know uh, Mark M J Johnson. He's behind the scenes right now, uh, producing the show live uh, tonight. He's our producer, our Skywarn coordinator up in Minnesota. But I know he's drinking. But he's just he's behind the scenes. But we do have Dina Knightley, our meteorologist. Weather producer uh, with the Weather Channel, Dean. I know you've got something special I tonight. Did. And it's a new wine, and I got it just for the name. 
It's called Cloud Watcher. Oh, I know. It's wow. not, um, you know, it's not the most expensive. It's got a little twist cap on it, but it's not horrible. It's pretty, it's pretty decent for the amount. But I just, when I saw the name, I was like, I got it. I got to have that. It's got to, I've got to try it. I do the exact same thing. Yeah. How much? Nice. I mean, you guys always come with such good stuff, you know, especially How much is all these left? like beers. <laughs> um, there is not that much. I uh -huh. It's like right uh -huh. there. I didn't do it all today, but all right, I mean, it's worth it. That's cool. That's a cool thing. Mark Masmasaro, our former on-camera meteorologist in Cincinnati, uh, didn't mow the lawn tonight. No, we're, we're, no I, I, okay. I was supposed to. I'm gonna do it tomorrow morning. See, so, <laughs> you got a little something heavy. Guinness, Guinness Stout, nice, disappearing That's before my eyes. Oh, magic. Down. Good stuff. Down the shoot. All right, Jen Watson, our contributor at the Weather Channel. Yeah. Uh, Jen, what what do you got? What are you drinking? So, I was I was just at the pool. Look at my hair. It's all all the things right now. Um, some lemon it's lime all sparkling the water. Yeah, it's all the things. Um, sparkling water, but it has vitamins and antioxidants. Just something a little light for the summertime. Is that from Kroger? Yeah. Uh, do you have stock with the, those guys or what? I am totally stuck with these guys. You're like, always you anywhere though. Yeah. 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 They're, 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 they're at any grocery store. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> always drinking that stuff. All right. Well, let's get, uh, Maz, let's get to our guest. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hey, we have Andrew Lyons tonight. He's a mesoscale assistant fire weather forecaster. That is a lot of words on a business card. <laughs> the Storm Prediction Center in Norman, Oklahoma. Lifelong severe weather and aviation nerd. He called himself that. He graduated from University of Oklahoma in 2016 with a BS in meteorology. And we know what BS stands for, don't we? <laughs> he began his career at the National Weather Service office in Grand Junction, Colorado. From there, Andrew moved to the WFO in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and earned his master's degree in hydrometeorology before taking the position at the SPC in 2020. Now, outside of work, Andrew is an avid store chaser and college football fan. Andrew, I'm guessing you're a Sooner fan. Is that right? Boomer Sooner. Okay, because I'm from Nebraska, and mm -hmm. you're coming to town September 17th. I'm just saying, okay? Wow. <laughs> we barely snuck by the first one, so yeah, I'm no, hopeful this one's a bit better on our end. But So what are you drinking tonight? What do you got? I have uh, got some Knob Creek tonight, so I'm a big okay. uh, whiskey and bourbon guy. Um, so my favorite is uh, Eagle Rare, but uh, I've sadly drank and all of that over the last couple of days. So Rare, got yes. my backup of Knob Creek. Nice. All right, we're gonna get him drunk before the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even mixing, are you? You're just straight up, right? Nope, just straight. Yep. Usually take it deep or or on the rocks. In this case, I got a big, nice. big a fun night. There. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> I'm impressed. Right. Andrew, I mean, you, you, before we even get to the weather, aviation nerd. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I flew too. So, of course, I got to ask, did you ever, were you flying? What were um, you weather? I have 27 hours of my PPL done. Um, nice. I unfortunately got into a car accident uh, right as I was starting stuff. So, all my money went to the new car. And oh. then my flight instructor moved away. So, I've only got 27 hours. I've soloed. I've done all that stuff. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So I'm just waiting for the, the capital to come in to, to go finish it. And then I want to go through and get my instrument. It's expensive. Yeah, it really is. Instrument, CFI, and all that stuff. So that's What's my the, retirement plan. <laughs> was the car accident while you were in the plane? No, oh, unfortunately not. That would be a great story, though. <laughs> that would. I had to land, emergency land, on a highway. 
and and then hit a car. Yep, and insurance doesn't cover it. You know how it goes. No, so. stupid insurance. <laughs> so tell me about the title, Mesoscale Assisted Fire Weather Forecaster. Tell me about that first. Yeah, so um, Meso Assistant Fire Weather Forecasters, or MESOAs as we call them, are the entry-level forecasters at the Storm Prediction Center. So we... Um, are kind of brought in at the GS-12 level, um, and then we handle all the mesoscale um, discussions um, and all the fire weather forecasts and uh, the general thunder forecasts for the SPC. So we work with all the leads and all the mesos or the mesoscale, or mesoscale forecasters. And um, so we're the low guys on the totem pole, but uh, <laughs> they give us all the jobs they don't want to do. Yeah, tell so. that to the GS-11s and below, right? <laughs> <laughs> But it seems like you've been a couple places already, like Cheyenne, you've been in Colorado. Um, I mean, some of those are really beautiful places to live. Which one's they your are. favorite? Uh, Cheyenne was actually my favorite. Was it? Um, yeah, just the Over amount of... Norman? Uh, well, I mean, in college, <laughs> I don't really count that, but I, I do love Norman. But um, Cheyenne was my favorite WFO just because of how busy it is. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. it's... It's weather all the time there. Um, the old MIC Jeff Garman used to say, if, uh, if you want to get your, your chances in, come to Cheyenne. So uh, we had you know, high winds in the winter, snow, uh, fire weather, and then tornadoes and flooding. It was everything except tropical, it seemed like. <laughs> so Andrew, walk us through like a, a typical day of, of your work and your job. And what's like the hardest part when there's like severe weather, you know, fire weather, all the things like talk, talk to us about that a little bit too. Sure. Yeah. Um, so um, we work rotating shifts, so depending on which shift you're on, um, I was on the day shift today, so I came in at around 8 or 9, um, and uh, I did fire weather today. So come in, you start analyzing data, um, and then your first fire weather outlook is due around noon. So you're coordinating with uh, all the local forecasters because they have all the information about the fuels in their area, and they want to know kind of what your broad thoughts are for that. So just mm -hmm. kind of doing your general weather surveillance, like what's going on here, which trough is where, what's that going to do? Um, and then you're writing the outlook, um, drawing the line, saving, and hoping you send it out on time because uh, that's <laughs> important. Um, and then immediately after that, I'm into the day two. Um, so same sort of thing, chatting with people um, internally um, and a couple of conference calls, talking with the fuels people, so all the, all the GACs out west, um, the geographical area coordination centers. Um, getting fuel info, talking with them, writing more, drawing more lines, um, and then okay. sending that one out. And then there's always the last two-hour rush to get the day three to eight out. Um, so the extended forecasts um, for the rest of the week, you got to write that whole thing and draw all the all eight days in that. So it's pretty busy, um, but a lot of the time it's um, you know individual work where you're just staring at a computer trying to figure out what the weather's going to do, how it's going to impact your fuels. Um, and then a lot of chatting with uh, the local weather forecasters or other partners, um, in this case, from the Forest Service. So tell us a little bit more about like the fuels that you're, you're talking mm -hmm. about when it comes to like forecasting fire weather, because it's not like, you know, typical weather. You look at different patterns, but also the vegetation there, right? How mm -hmm. dry it's been, the drought conditions. Can you break it down like a little bit more for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so depending on which part of the country you're in, uh, you're looking at to see which types of fuels are available to burn uh, to kind of sum it up in the simplest stuff. Uh, if it's wet, it doesn't like to burn. And uh, if it's rock, it doesn't like to burn. So you're kind of trying to figure out which areas are receptive to fire spread 
Um, and a lot of times that's done by people on the ground. So you're making a lot of calls saying, hey, is this fire weather zone uh, able to burn or is it critical or is it getting there or did you get a bunch of rain dropped on it? Um, I think the trickiest aspect of fire weather forecasting is definitely the fuels um, because mm -hmm. it's so varied over the West, you know, from a valley in Grand Junction, you know, you've got one type of short grass and scrub and then just a couple thousand feet up on the sides of the valley, you've got ponderosa pine um, and all these other different types of trees or, or shrubs that can or can't burn based on temperature and humidity and all that. Wow. Is it me or does it seem like this year, this has been a busy year so far. I see warnings like all over the United States. What, what the heck? Yeah, it has uh, gotten off to a very early start with the drought uh, out west. I mean, we were doing fire weather stuff as early as uh, I think even January in parts of New Mexico mm. and stuff like that. So it mm. got off very quickly and uh, it has not let up since, unfortunately. <laughs> is, is there a threshold? Is there something where you're looking at? We're looking at this specific quality or characteristic and we know, oh, this is going to be a crazy day, month year whatever yeah um it, it actually depends geographically um so each area of the country kind of because of the difference in fuel types and all that they actually have their own criteria for fire weather so we have a big old map on our uh, display that tells us hey you know the humidity for this zone has to be 15 percent, or this zone it has to be 20 percent. Oh, the winds yeah, have to be 15 miles per hour or 20 miles per hour so it varies geographically temporally and all sorts of stuff so it's you're trying to make sense of all this in your head and and draw it so there's a whole lot of drawing and redrawing of the lines before you send them out go through every state would you just i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> so andrew when there is a wildfire or multiple fires what do you do then do you kind of like you know live weather casting when we're looking at thunderstorms and everything do you are you live forecasting like you know, the fire areas where it's going to go next, like looking at the wind speeds and everything else? Um, no. So that is a great question, though, because a lot of people think that we're drilling down to the really small details on this. Um, yeah. I like to say that we have a 30,000 foot view of everything. Okay. Uh, so we're not concerned with the individual fires and kind of what they're doing. Um, we always try and keep track of them uh, because that can tell us more about the fire environment and how those are behaving. But we're not actually specifically allowed to reference fires uh, specifically. Really? Yeah. Or, um, you know, talk specifically about how fires will behave. So we're entirely meteorological, which makes it very difficult to get that proper union between fuels and the meteorology because they're interconnected, but they're also independent. So that's so weird. Like if you're looking at, say, the pipeline fire near Flagstaff, mm -hmm. you know it's burning, but you really, you're not really referencing it because it, sometimes I always thought that was weird like there's areas of fire weather danger when there's a big fire outside of that area of fire weather danger mm -hmm. and and most of that is because the the local weather forecast offices have a much better handle on their specific geography okay. and their partner needs and we don't want to interfere with that we're kind of in an advisory role of we think critical meteorological conditions are going to occur over this area um, and we don't want to influence their warning decisions necessarily incorrectly by excluding or, or including certain areas. So we have let them handle that. Have you ever messed up and actually said the name and like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I don't think I've ever typed a specific fire name. I you can you can kind of skirt around it by saying you know several large ongoing fires in the text or that sort of thing, like hinting at it that you know stuff is going on. Because some like, people I know will be it's like, there. yeah, exactly. Some people will be like, oh my gosh, do they not know this fire is going on? And they'll send messages to the office Twitter account like, hey, you guys know there's a big fire. We know. We just don't always put it in the text. So. so really, you're doing the overall version where like the specific NWS sites, you really have to go to their forecast office on NOAA.gov to read anything else, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, right. You know, any specific information should, you know, come from the WFOs because that's their local expertise in forecasting is their area. So we don't want to interfere with that. We just want to provide a, hey, you know, heads up that there's critical meteorological conditions possible over this area. Can you give us a secret like tomorrow? What's going to tell us what's going to happen? <laughs> um, tomorrow is actually no areas. Um, I, uh, yeah. So there's, there's potential for uh, some dry Not even isolated dry. Andrew? I know. I know. I thought about putting it in, but I decided against it. So is that, is that why you're drinking bourbon tonight? Cause you're like, I don't even care. <laughs> yep. I, I knew I messed up. I got to drown my sorrows. So, <laughs> so, so I want to know when you, Andrew, is it decided ahead of time when you come in, uh, whether you're working fire or working uh, severe? Yeah, it, it is. is. We've got a set schedule that we rotate through. Um, so fire weather, um, we actually work it on two shifts. So the, the day shift fire weather does the days one and two and the extended forecast. And then the overnight Mesoway shift does the day one and two updates. So, but yeah, we know our schedule a couple months in advance. Okay. And so it somewhat depends a little bit on when you're coming in and, and what you're doing. So just do me a quick favor because we probably have some listeners that just aren't, aren't necessarily familiar with, with how this, the SPC is, is working. Mm -hmm. And then when the individual national weather service WFO, you know, offices are coming into play with severe storms, if you can kind of give us a, a general uh, overview, I guess, for people of, of how that works and how it's transitioned. Yeah, sure. So um, at the end of the day, the convective outlook or, you know, the, you know, the outlook that goes out is, is an SPC product. So um, there's a forecaster here at the Storm Prediction Center who is, you know, typing all that up, sending all that out. Um, but they're also collaborating with people internally. So everyone on shift, um, usually there's six or seven people on shift. So if it's a particularly active day, someone is saying, hey, can someone look at this area? I haven't had a chance to look at this area as closely and tell me your thoughts. And then they kind of marry that all together. And at the same time, individual offices, so all around the country, all 122, um, if they're in the severe risk area, they can ask us questions or say, hey, we saw this. What do you think about that? Um, and that sort of thing. So there's there's multiple levels of uh, collaboration that go into the outlooks, um, but it comes from us because it's our product. So um, mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, there's been a, a big push to to kind of merge that collaboration and get more input from the field because a lot of times in the past, SBC was kind of a black box. We didn't necessarily communicate with people at the local offices, and some people were were not super thrilled about that. So there's been a big shift in in that in just the last couple of years. How so do what, you communicate? Is it like chat? Is it you call them on the phone? <laughs> um, both. There's a there's a internal program called uh, AWIPS chat that's done on okay. the AWIPS terminals. Um, it's basically a big AOL chat room. Uh, so there's people <laughs> from every NWS office in there and headquarters and all that stuff. Um, and then we've got them all on speed dial too. So if someone has a specific question, we can call them 
or they have our number so they can call us. So not so, smoke signals. No, <laughs> or carrier pigeons. Yeah, they're they're beyond that. They're beyond that. So it's fire so, weather. Come on. So it, that's true. Good point. So um, what what is I guess also explain and, and what I'm looking at here is uh, where the SPC is issuing watches and where the WFOs are issuing the warnings. Kind of maybe explain that a little bit to to maybe a layman. Yeah. So um, when we've got severe weather coming up. Um, Typically, SPC, one of the mesoways or the meso forecasters will draw a mesoscale discussion, kind of highlighting an area, saying that there's a potential severe weather watch coming. Um, and that's usually about an hour to half an hour to before uh, a weather watch would come out. So that's just a kind of a heads up to the general public, emergency management, and the local FOs of, hey, this is what we're thinking for where severe weather may start to occur. After that, we have a conference call, uh, the lead forecaster. Um, I should actually go back. The lead forecaster is the only person at the Storm Prediction Center who can issue watches. Um, so we have like a hierarchical structure. We have mesoways, mesos, and lead forecasters. So everyone kind of assists everyone up, but the, the lead forecaster is in charge and makes the final decision for everything. Um, so with a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say, with the holiday weekend coming up, are you, is everybody in the office more concerned about like lightning strikes or like drunk campers? <laughs> i guess drunk campers um more so um you know we're we're trying to be sensitive to impacts and you know like you said for the holiday weekend uh so trying to make sure where people are going to be out and about and making sure that they're aware of uh, what's going on severe weather wise so I love I love how Maz just like interrupts your your answer with a drinking question, which is well, is right on tap gone. with our show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I just go back, Andrew, to, yep. to covering a little bit. So you're, you're covering what the SPC issuing the watches, and then maybe just talk about that transition to the what the WFOs then are doing. Yeah. So uh, after the MD goes out, the lead will contact the weather offices that are in the area that may potentially be in a watch, and he'll send them basically a prototype watch, and they'll get to see which counties and zones are in it of theirs. And then he'll do a big conference call and ask them, hey, does this look good to you? Do you like the watch type? You know, a lot of times the lead will propose something, uh, say a severe thunderstorm watch, and one office will have more concerns about tornadoes, and they'll discuss that, and so the watch type can change. Um, and then they will just kind of hash it out, say, hey, we want this area or we don't want that county and that sort of thing. And then they'll send the watch. Um, and then once the product is out, they'll, uh, the severe weather watch is out. And then the WFOs are issuing individual warnings for storms within that watch, hopefully, um, to alert people in the short term, um, kind of what's going on severe weather wise. So it's basically a, a temporal and aerial coverage of, hey, this area could see severe weather. Hey, this area might see severe weather. Hey, there's severe weather going on in this area. At least that's how it's supposed to work. Uh, Andrew, that's like the best breakdown ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who fights it out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, exactly. So Andrew, I have to ask you, um, You know, was there an event when you were a child that inspired you to be a meteorologist or was it something later on in life? I would love to know what got you into meteorology. Yeah, um, I don't have a big event that really got me in. Um, going back to my aviation nerd, my maternal grandfather was a pilot in the Army Air Corps. Um, so I grew up with all of his memorabilia 
kind of mm. around the house, and he was really interested in weather. So I think I got the the flying bug and the weather bug from my grandfather. Um, I, yeah. I knew you were cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't have a specific event, but I do remember a couple in and around Cincinnati. So by the way, Mark and Phil, I grew up on the west side of Cincinnati. So yeah. nice. I knew wow. it. I'm an East Sider. <laughs> just saying. I'm an Ohioan too. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Ohio right. State, though. Okay. Yeah. I'm just an upstate New <laughs> Yorker, so. We're different conferences. We can get along. Exactly. Yeah. Well, all my extended relatives are Buckeyes, so. Yeah. I, I can stomach it for a little bit. <laughs> we had one one of our Andrew, one of our former co-hosts, Kim Cunningham, uh, from the Weather Channel. She was a uh, grew up West Sider, Cincinnatian. Oh. And uh, that she always talks about, um, I forget what tornado, what, what year it was that the tornado came through. Uh, it was in the 70s, sometime in the 70s, but she talks Did about that was a big... It? Yeah, 70s. Was, was it, it the, the Xenia? Was it the Xenia one? Xenia. I, I thought it was... Yeah. Okay. Xenia or okay. Sailor Park. Uh, Sailor Which is Park Dayton. Was, That's more yeah, in the Dayton area, but yeah. So I think that was, wasn't that April 3rd, 1974? Was that the... I the think so. I don't remember. I know it was the 70s. Terrible yeah. Tuesday. You're right. <laughs> All well before my time. Sorry. Yeah. To... Well, hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. I don't know about you. I know Maz needs one, but uh, I think it's it's time to order a new drink. Uh, we'll we'll be right back with more from Andrew. So stay tuned. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back to the show. So we've got Andrew Lyons here, SPC uh, uh, forecaster, fire weather. Uh, all I, I don't even remember your title, Andrew. But <laughs> jumble. Here, here's the truth. I, I want to talk to Andrew Lyons, the meteorologist. Okay. <laughs> Um, just because we've got, and I'm not a meteorologist, but uh, Dina is, Maz is, Jen is, we, you know, so we've got a bunch of meteorologists here too. And, and it's always just kind of fun to get everybody's opinion on things and how things are working and, and more timely what's going on. But, you know, if, if, if you recall, I, I kind of, I shouldn't say met you, but certainly I was introduced to you on social media because at the time, and this was months ago, cause we always arrange our guests months in advance and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's water under the bridge at this point, but it is always interesting because, you know, one, one of the, I don't want to say hot topics, but certainly one of the interesting things in talking about when it comes to uh, watches, warnings, all that stuff, Jen Mazdina is tornado emergencies, right? And, and what the heck, you know, because they're rare, what, what the heck is that? And how, why is it issued? Uh, how is it issued? Who issues it? Um, and, and, but more importantly, kind of, I think the question that people seem to always have anytime one is issued is why was it issued for this, but maybe not issued for that. And, and just as a meteorologist, Andrew, I just kind of am curious your, your thoughts on that particular warning item, right? 
Yeah. So what? Um, yeah. And where did that kind? Like, do you know where that even came from, and what the purpose yes. of it is? Um, that started uh, on May third, nineteen ninety nine, uh, with the Bridge Creek Moor uh, F five tornado. Uh, so Dave Andra, the former MIC from the Norman office, was actually the first forecaster to issue a tornado emergency. At the time, it was completely ad hoc. There was no official wording or anything like that. He decided in the moment, realizing that a catastrophically violent tornado is moving into a population center, to write the wording himself to alert the public. Um, wow. So that is the story of where it came from. And after that, it kind of stuck. People were like, oh, this got people's attention. Um, you know, people always hear the story about the boy who cried wolf. And unfortunately, it's it's sometimes a case with people in convective warnings. So Weather Service headquarters thought, oh, this would be a great way to reserve for those big, nasty tornadoes that occasionally happen to alert people that, hey, this is the real deal. You need to pay attention. Um, so that's where that came from. Um, and since then, it's been formalized and kind of standardized a little bit more. Um, and now it's an option for forecasters by default into the, uh, the WarnGen program on AWIPS. So any forecaster in the country can now issue one. What what have you seen like like you so at, at least what you've been able to see? Um, when have you seen that issued and 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 again why you know what's and and maybe also when have you seen it when it's like mm, you know I don't know and you don't have to be specific to where mm -hmm. but you can at least kind of tell me uh, you know because again this is it, it's different to me like and not different but it's it's just something that's rare and I don't fully understand why sometimes it's issued and other times that you think it should be, it's not. Yeah. Um, so, and that is a very complicated question off mm -hmm. the bat because of the way that we do convective warnings. Um, so, but I actually came prepared. I uh, compiled some statistics. Um, so uh -huh. since the first tornado emergency was issued in 1999, there have been 203 other issuances of that mm -hmm. product. Wow. Um, yeah, As that's a, more than I would have thought, actually. Yeah, but. It's, it's actually, it got very popular to issue. Uh, since then, it has a probability of detection. So basically, any time that a tornado has occurred, or an EF2 plus tornado has occurred inside of a tornado emergency is about 70% of the time. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, so... Um, it's certainly gotten more common as it's kind of infiltrated the lexicon of the forecasters because they know about this rare event. Um, but its intended purpose is for large violent tornadoes impacting uh, population centers. That can be a town, um, you know, of a thousand people or a city. Um, there's no set so criteria that doesn't, for that. Okay, that doesn't matter. Yeah, there's okay. no specific criteria for population. It's basically just a tornado impacting, a perceived violent tornado or strong tornado impacting a bunch of people. So. Now, are you involved with, with your mesoscale discussions? Are those at all tied into the possibility that an emergency would be issued then by the WFO? Yeah, uh, indirectly. Um, so we don't want to directly influence any forecasters' decisions because that product is theirs. Um, but mm -hmm. if we see the potential for violent tornadoes, um, Anytime we see that, we're going to put that in the mesoscale discussion because we want to give them a heads up. When it's when you're working radar, it's really stressful and you're not always yeah. situationally aware of what's going on. So you may not have the best handle on the environment. So that's part of the job of the mesoscale discussion is to alert forecasters and people at the WFOs to, 
hey, that storm, it's a supercell, it's moving into a really favorable environment for tornadoes, it may produce a strong tornado at some point. So we don't get specific because of the probability is, is you know, it's fuzzy. Um, but we try and give them a heads up of, hey, these could be real bad storms um, and try and give them that, that sense of perspective. Do you, do you put like wink, wink at the end of it so they know? <laughs> I wish we could put emojis in. Um, yeah. I accidentally <laughs> sent awesome. smiley faces. Like I put a colon in, in like front of a, like a per- parenthetical uh, thing. So I sent a little mm-hmm. smiley face to someone and someone did notice it and, and uh, said, hey, thanks for the smiley face. So. <laughs> I mean, although if you've got an enhanced outlook or a high risk, I, it's almost like that's a good possibility. Yeah. Most of the point. time. Yeah. yeah. And okay. you would hope that most people on the radar kind of understand that. But having done it myself, it you really do get tunnel vision sometimes. You're staring yeah. at a storm and you can completely miss something uh, that is mm-hmm. really obvious to someone who's who's just three feet away from you looking at a, a zoomed out view. So it's radar interrogation is one of the toughest jobs in the weather service. It's also the most fun, but it is really, really tough. Andrew, I have to ask you a question. So we've got Dan Wallace has a great question. Um, does the Birmingham WFO lead in tornado emergencies? And then I have another question on, was the April 27th, 2011 tornado outbreak, did they have like majority of tornado emergencies over the past like 23 years? Um, so I don't actually know if Birmingham leads the way. Let me see. I got a spreadsheet up over here. So um, let me Andrew see. came prepared. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he did. I did my research. Um, yeah. I don't know who leads the way. Um, mm-hmm. Just doing a cursory glance, I see a whole lot of Alabama, Mississippi. Um, so Southeast offices are definitely well represented. Um, but I do know that April 27th, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18 wow. tornado emergencies were issued on April 27th. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And one like, day. Yep. Yeah. Just over 200, right? For like, since they initiated. Mm-hmm. That's yep. incredible. So Andrew, now we have to ask you, since you are a storm chaser as well, when did that start? And what's like the, the strongest tornado you've actually seen? <laughs> so the, the first unofficial storm chase I ever took was the March 2nd, 2012 high risk uh, in Cincinnati. Um, so mm-hmm. I was a, a senior in high school, not to date myself or anyone else, but um, <laughs> I see Mark over there. He's like, oh my God, these kids. Um, <laughs> But uh, I was a senior in high school um, in Cincinnati, and I remember being ready for that day uh, for several days in advance going, oh, this is probably going to be a high risk. Um, And uh, it was really cool. My high school, they knew I was really interested in weather. um, So I would, you know, the headmaster would pull me out of class occasionally for high impact weather and ask my opinion. So the boys were playing in the state basketball title um, later that day, actually in northern Kentucky, which if you know anything about that outbreak was a not fortunate place to be. Um, and so they pulled me aside and asked like, Hey, is, you know, what's, what's going to happen? You think anything's going to be bad? And I told him like, yeah, you should you know, maybe consider moving the game and all that. And the basketball coach was like, ah, there's tornadoes all the time. We don't, we don't get those, Uh, you know, all mm -hmm. this. And then 
his neighborhood actually got hit by one of the, the wow. grounded EF4s. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Wow. So that was my first unofficial storm chase. It consisted of me leaving my high school, driving 10 miles to the river and going, oh, hey, that's a supercell. And then my mom calling me and telling me I have to go home. So <laughs> <laughs> Get your ass home right yep. now. Are you the, the first storm chaser to have his mom call and tell you to get your home? <laughs> She's, I, I love my mom. She's, uh, she's really helped kind of foster my love of weather. She would always get me books as a kid and all that, but she will call me occasionally, uh, while I'm storm chasing and be like, Andrew, there's a tornado near Norman. And I'll go, yeah, mom, I know I'm looking at it. Like, do you go chasing with like a group of you, like a team? um you know out in norman or anywhere um like on a yearly basis um it varies year to year um friends have come and gone uh as you know people kind of uh, graduate and move out of norman um i chase yeah. a lot with my girlfriend and our dog now um so <laughs> uh storm chasing sammy uh so the, she's a Aww. german shepherd um and she Aww. loves car rides so um we'll go as three and then um a couple of friends in and around town uh will occasionally hop in the car so it's kind of varied has Sammy helped? I mean, with the whole pressure dropping and ears perk up. <laughs> He's parking. She We're usually there. just sleeps. She, uh, oh, she, uh, we were down in North Texas this year, and I didn't see any tornadoes, but we got pretty close to a supercell, and she just kind of poked her head up out the window and took a look and then said, oh, okay, I'm going back to bed. So. <laughs> All right, last, last question. <clears throat> last question for you, Andrew. What uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the term, quote, unquote, busting. Yes. Uh, busted. So as a forecaster, you got to run into that 80 billion times. Mm -hmm. I'm at 80 billion, right? But you probably you just hear that all that you hear it. What, what thoughts on that? What's what's the what's the worst scenario you've come across where you just like oh, you're just frustrated and you've never forgotten that particular day when all you heard was eh, the forecast busted. The forecast busted. How many uh, f bombs did you drop? <laughs> um, I can't say that on camera. Um, I can't Actually, you can. The show it's okay, but <laughs> um, I believe it was. One of the first high risks I did here uh, at SPC, the March 17th, so the St. Patrick's Day of 2020 or 2021, I can't remember which day or which year, um, but people called that high risk a bust, and the whole western half didn't have many tornadoes, so fair, um, but we had gone a, a, a high risk for like Alabama, Mississippi, and I think there were something like 40 weak tornadoes, but it didn't quite you know, get the imagination of like, oh, a big tornado outbreak. So there were a lot of people who were like, oh, that's a big bust, you know, like, gosh, and my oh, name wait, was oh, sitting on yeah. it. And yeah. So that was the first one that I saw. And <laughs> You got to clear up one thing, Andrew, because we fight about this at work all the yeah. time. What do you consider um, an outbreak? Because we fight over the number all the time because there's not technically a clear number. And no. I'll say, oh, my God, they did great. What are you guys talking about? They're like, that wasn't enough. I'm like, shut <laughs> up. Um, you know, it varies. Uh, there are lead forecasters here who are really, really, really hard on themselves about getting stuff correct. Um, just my personal stance, I don't do it by the numbers, but I like to see a significant fraction of the tornadoes be EF2+, plus, um, if, if we're doing a high risk for tornadoes. Um, and usually at least 20 tornadoes minimum. Um, so if 20, I can get like 20, okay. 20 tornadoes Whoa. and then a significant fraction of those be significant, that to me is a, 
okay. outbreak, like at least that on the regional scale. I'm using yeah. that number. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we fight, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that number. Andrew out. said, "That's the new definition." Yeah. Oh, don't well, don't hey. quote me that. So hey, this, so that's our sound, Andrew. It's uh, time for our lightning round. This is okay. our game show of flashy and brilliant questions uh, that we always play with our guests. Uh, and tonight, so you, we, we kind of let it off at the beginning. I know you've got a big interest in college football. Oh, yes. Um, so we're, we're going to play a game, and I'm just going to make up the name uh, National Champion Mascots or Not. Oh, okay. Oh. I don't know. I, you know, it's a horrible name, but it's what we're going to use uh, for the show. So here's how we're playing this game. I am going to give you a, mas- a, a team name, team name, okay. team kind of mascot. And you just have to tell me, have they been a national uh, Division One football champion or not okay. in history? Now, history, on, on most of these, we're going back to 1920s, maybe. Yeah, so might the go AP back era or whatever. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> you know, so there were some years that there were multiple ways you could be, become a national champion. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, so we got to kind of take that into account a little bit. But I'll give you a, a, a team mascot name, and you just got to say, yep, national champion, or no, never been a national champion. Does okay. that make sense? Yep. Well, let's, and I'll so try how it. we always play this is the freaks can kind of help you out. I, I don't know how well they know their college football, but they can kind of help you out a little bit if, if they so choose. Um <laughs> Been doing this so. All right, so here we Andy, go. Andy, don't listen to me. <laughs> I need your help, corn huskers. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, so okay. Here's the first one. We're gonna go uh, buffaloes. Buffaloes, national champion or not? I'm gonna say not. Oh, that'd be incorrect. Uh, Colorado oh, buffaloes have Colorado. been national champions. Yep. Have oh. been national champions. All right. So. Okay, I didn't know uh, it that doesn't matter. matter. I didn't, this, I didn't you know, it. this is all, you know, we talked about what BS means. And, and <laughs> even though we say flashy and brilliant questions, this is always a BS game no matter what. So, all right, midshipmen, midshipmen, national champions or not? Yes, the Navy has won a national title. <laughs> really? What? They have not. Wow. I, I must be thinking of Army then. Oh, uh, possibly. So, okay, so let's go with the Black Knights, national champions or not? Yes, Army has won national titles. There we go. Very good. All right, Terps. Terps, national champions or not? Maryland. Hmm. Wow. I'm not sure. Uh, see, I'm thinking back to like the 40s here yeah. when some of those. East and these, Coast I will schools. say, we, you know, again, it, it, yeah. let's go back a little bit. But he's making I'm, it tough, so I'd say yes. I'm going to risk it and say yes, Maryland has won a national title. Yes. You are correct. Ooh, well done. You are correct. All right, Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> Oklahoma State. Um, well, let's see. Uh, they claim a national title. I believe it was 1945. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say yes, um, but I know there may be an asterisk next to that one. And I saw Dan had an Oklahoma. Oh, okay. And I, know, I saw Dan had a, a poke shirt on. So sorry, Dan. I should have stuck with my gut as a sooner. Now, I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say this honestly, Andrew. You probably know more than my resource for this game is. Uh, so it's highly possible that there is an asterisk uh, to that, but not not with my resource. All right, just give them that one. The Yellow Jackets. The, the yellow, yellow Jackets. Jacket. Okay, Georgia Tech. Um, yeah. 
I believe I so. Someone said so. yes. I'm pretty sure they have. I think so. I think. Yeah. yeah there we go. Yes. National chain. You know, I should have put the year or years by this, but I did not. Uh, okay. We're going to go with the horned frogs. The horned TCU. frogs. Uh, TCU has not, to my knowledge. Yeah. What? Wow. Oh. They have. When? They have. Huh. Back in the I'm day. Back in the day. Uh, what the <laughs> no, back in the day. <laughs> All right, just look it up. I'm drinking more as we go on. So. All right, let's, uh, hey, let's go with the ducks. Let's go with the ducks. Oregon. Yes, Oregon has won a national title. What? No. Oh, Oregon has not won That's a national title. because they change title. uniforms too much. Because we <laughs> beat them. That's why the Buckeyes beat them. Buckeyes, and they, I guess they played Auburn in 2010, I think, and they lost. So, oh, man. They always Cam change. Yeah. Always oh, change man. their uniforms. I All right, how about the Gophers? Myself. The Gophers. Ooh, Where's MJ? I, I saw he had a golden Gopher shirt on before. He did. So. You're right. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I have no idea. Because they have Big Ten, right? Yeah. 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 Yes, they do. I'm going to risk it. Know. I'm going to say they did. Yeah. Wow. They they won like two or three in a row back in the 40s really? or something. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Good job. That is before my time. Just All right. Wildcats. <laughs> the Wildcats. Okay. Northwestern. Um, uh, I don't know. Or is it K-State? Oh, yeah. It could be Kansas State, too. I didn't think about that. Or, okay. So uh, Kentucky. I'm going to say Kentucky oh, Wildcats oh, okay. on this one. Oh, yeah. no. Those are good questions. Those are good points. <laughs> Kentucky Wildcats. Eh, I don't know. They are saying yep, yes. yes, so I'm going to go yes. No! Kentucky Ooh. Wildcats have not won a football national oh. championship. Uh, how about the Badgers? The Badgers? Oh, Wisconsin. So. Wisconsin. Yeah, you got Very it. good. Yeah. I'm impressed, Andrew. Yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> national championship? Yes, the Badgers have yeah. won. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought they yeah. They have not. Now, really? here's the truth. Like, I'm. This is really sad, and I suck because I'm not really giving you any softballs on this, Andrew, at all. Like, <laughs> like I was. Like, I'm not pulling out Alabama, Oklahoma. You know, uh, not, none of the obvious. Ohio State, Michigan, and like, I'm not pulling. I'm. I'm pulling the ones that are. Our power five conferences, but maybe or maybe not have won. Uh, orange, the orange. Syracuse, okay. Oh, I didn't even know who that one was. See, I'm thinking back again because they were so good in the mm -hmm. 40s and 50s. Um, Go back to that, Andrew. I believe I'm upstate New Yorker. I think it's a yes. I think it's a wrong. yes, too. I'm going to go with it. Hey, there oh, we go. Oh, nice. That is correct. <laughs> Uh, how how about uh, a couple more here? The Boilermakers. Okay, Purdue. Hmm. Yeah, they got to They probably. Did. I don't know. You would think so. He's got hard balls though, so he's. Yeah, he's really he's not giving me slow pitch here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm Underhand. Not. I'm gonna go no. Uh, yeah, Purdue gonna has go not no. won a national title. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. They have not. All right, the Hurricanes. Okay, Miami. Uh, yes, yeah. Miami has won a national yeah. title. Yeah, that was a little bit of a softball. Yeah. I have to do us. Hurricanes, right, because of weather. Uh, okay, so uh, I'll do two more. Um, the Panthers. Panthers. Ooh, Carolina, oh. right? 
Is that uh, if you, if this is an NFL yes. university? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> All of a sudden, it was like, wait, <laughs> what? Uh, Pittsburgh. I'm Pittsburgh. Said it was oh, confidence, though. Okay. Pitt. Pitt Again, another team that Pitt was very Panthers. good back in the day. I'm going to go yes. Pittsburgh has one. Yeah. Wow. I do. Andrew, all right, last one for all the money. Uh, the Cardinal. Oh, Stanford. Okay. Huh. Well, they're really good at academics. The um, trees. Like I was yes. going to call them the trees, but I like I don't. What, what's their team name? And it's I looked it up. It's Cardinal. Okay. Chat. Any help here? I honestly I don't, I don't know. know my pack team. No. Stanford well, national yeah. champion. Decades ago. I don't know. This Danny, is tough. Answer. I want to say no, but I don't know. I'm going to go with no. With no. You're going to go with no? Or did you say yes? I'm going to go with no. Okay. <laughs> that was the... <laughs> I, I, knew it. Yeah. I was trying to help you out. I know you did. <laughs> it's okay, Sorry, Andrew. Oh, it's okay. I, I walked into this, so... That was tried, hard. Tried to help you out. No, I, yeah, I, like I said, I, I uh, definitely... Didn't throw any softballs there, because <laughs> and, and plus, like I said, like I like anything, like I certainly don't remember really anything prior to 1980s. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I, unless I like looked at it all the freaking time and that I got a degree in it or something, right? So I I I kind of made that hard for you. You actually did pretty good. In all honesty. <laughs> that was great, answer. You did great. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, Andrew, uh, let our listeners know how. I mean, how can they follow you on social media and talk tornado emergencies and busting and all that fun stuff? Yeah, I guess the best way is uh, on weather Twitter. So at uh, Twister Kid Media is my handle. Um, so I'm on Twitter and feel free to follow. And uh, if you have any questions about weather or anything like that, my DMs are always open too. So you're like the Fair. Doogie Hauser. <laughs> Most people have no clue who Doogie Hauser is. Matters, really? But, uh, okay. So, hey, it is convective season. The other thing is it's now also tropical season, right? Like this is kind of fun. We're still at the tail end of convective at the beginning of tropical, but at helicity.co slash SFF. They've got a huge selection of really cool, creative weather and storm chasing themed T-shirts, gear, uh, merchandise, including some from the Stormfront Freaks like our hashtag Weather Fools uh, shirts and stickers that you can get there. All you got to do is go to the exclusive site, helicity.co slash SFF, because when you go to that uh, exclusive site, you're going to earn 5% off your entire order. And of course, while you're there, click on the Brands tab. You'll find all your Stormfront Freak favorites, again, at helicity.co slash SFF. So, hey, it's time for our final break. Uh, we got more to come, including hashtag weatherfools and, of course, some beautiful wasted weather clips that you're going to love. It's Ginger Z from ABC News, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. Welcome back. 
to the Storm Punch Freaks podcast. And guess what? It is weather pools time. This is like the most hilarious part of the podcast ever because we capture people doing crazy wild things during severe weather and basically acting like idiots and doing things they shouldn't be doing. That's what we call it, hashtag weather fools. And we have several for you on this episode and we're gonna get right to it. We're gonna talk about some flooding. And as you all know, you know when there's flooding, you turn around, don't drown. Um, but also, if you're on a mountainside and things aren't looking too good, you back away. But look at this. We're watching right now a huge, basically, landslide chunk of wow. earth completely collapsing. And you've got wow. these people to set it up for you. I mean, this is a mountain highway. And they're outside of their cars. And they're just a little too close, like 10 feet away from this. And the thing is, what they don't realize is the whole chunk that's just above them could collapse on them as well. And they're not even backing up. That's the thing. Like this guy is like slowly. Okay. So this one move. Yeah. But I feel like I would be running away. Oh, there it goes. There's a couple, couple. Yeah. But like, I mean, look at those stupid people. They're just standing there. Like, and this is like people who stand, like stand on the shore and watch like, Hey, a tsunami's coming. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Wow. That's cool. It's the driver. The driver without insurance is the one who's backing up. But I mean, that's like, this is one of the craziest things. If that were me, I'd leave the car, truck, whatever behind. And I'd just be, you know, I don't know, running away. So this is in Northeast India. Um, We have another flooding um, video and this is a different one. So Look at this. So they've got kind of an arrow. You're going to have to watch this on our show notes, but it's clearly flooding. Um, we've got this river flooding. And what you've got some people stuck in this middle kind of area. And I don't know how they got stuck, but you've got part of this building that's about to collapse into it. And so I don't know if those people there are stuck or they're just kind of were kind of seeing what was going on. But clearly there's severe flooding going on, like rapid flooding. And if you were them, you know, you should be getting out. Or if there were flood warnings, you should have evacuated. But this is kind of crazy. And it looks like it's been raining. Yeah, there it goes. Yeah, several days that they would have had a warning to to escape it. So this is kind of a wild thing as well. And we'll have those on the on the show notes. Um, But Phil, you've got a couple. I hear. I do. Uh, So James Spann uh, showed some photos of uh, in Atlanta, Motley Crue, Def Leppard concert. Nice. And look at these lightning bolts in the background. And look at all the people. That's all, yeah. But that's all part of the show. (laughs) Great stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Sabina and I, yeah. And we heard about that too. That is too close. That's way too close for comfort. I just can't believe that. That's wild. That's like like a major baseball game. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Wow. I mean, even worse off because they're in the field. All right, next one, Chris Jackson, uh, Storm Chaser. Uh, this was uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, flooding. More turnaround, don't drown. Uh, but here is a, a car, a vehicle, and uh, basically it is floating, and the person has climbed through the moonroof mm-hmm. and needs saving. Exactly. It's like the what you don't do is you never know how deep that water goes or if the road underneath it is even, you know, still there. I can get through it. I can do it. Yes. (laughs) I have an SUV. 
Yeah, yeah, I got an SUV. Exactly. Always the SUVs and the big trucks. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's really one. fast in the winter too when they're they're flying down through the ice and right. snow. Right, and Andrew, on that note, right, I got an SUV truck. I can go through anything. Um, so this is in Montana, more flooding, oh, and wow. uh, you guys can describe what's happening here. Oh my god! Uh, and that's flowing fast. That water. Yeah, is that is. And Ooh. it's it's wide. What oh, is he doing? He's, He's driving. Oh, you can't even see it. the bottom. Oh, wow. I, that's it. pure luck. That's pure luck that he got through that. He must have had something heavy in the back of that truck because that water is flowing fast. Yeah. What, yeah. Are, what are the odds there is, like, not a piece of road there? Because it looks like just to Pretty his good. right, that road looks like it's kind of falling yeah. apart. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's there anymore. I can't and, believe And there's one there. thing about being stupid enough and thinking you can go through standing water, but yeah. to think you can go through yeah. rushing water like that. It's just, oh, wow. idiots. Dummy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Dina, you've got a couple or one. I do. Okay, so this one, um, it's this, this uh, girl, she's kind of standing in her doorway and there's a, thunderstorm going on and it's funny because the title of it's like thor powers mm -hmm. so she turns around she sticks her hand out like thor <laughs> and then That's it just true. booms and it scares the total crap out of her and i love it because oh. it's so funny she thought oh my that, god that was right there though like that was really close to her it was really close <laughs> but she turned around like she was going to be thor and like throw up her you know yeah, powers and it and it actually boomed and it just the, her reaction was just so funny. Thor I just threw it right back at her. her shot. Thor, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah her hammer, exactly. You couldn't have timed it better. Um, my other one is um, it's pretty much along a road, and this guy's walking. He sees all this water and kind of air coming up through a manhole. So he's like, I'm going to go over there and step on it because I'm oh, sure no. that will fix it. Oh. And then, oh, oh my God. Up, and this manhole, like the, the top comes up and flips like you flip a quarter on your thumb. Oh, my and God. He, I, you couldn't tell if he got hit, but because the bus was going by, but he's walking, but he's soaked. Oh, my gosh. And the thing could have been so much worse. Like it, the thing could have took his head off. But yeah. I, I got to back this up just so you can see it again. Boom. Whoa. That is the one of the wildest videos. I just I don't understand why he wanted to go over there and put his foot on it. Yeah. Like what what like, did he think he was going to accomplish? And he just, I don't know. Cop give him a ticket there at the end? Or? Yeah, exactly. uh, I don't know. Let's see. Because it's hard. There's a couple. There's. There's the guy on the bike, and he's just like, oh, my God, you idiot. So here's the question I always I ask myself. Like, in this example, whoever was filming, like, whoever was getting this on their camera, what prompted them to want to start filming this? That's a or, great or was I, it set up? Was it just because water was kind of spraying out of it, maybe? Uh, yeah, there was stuff spraying out of it. Or did they tell that sweet. guy to go over there and kick it it's, open or? It is like that sometimes when you see uh, manhole covers and storms and they're like rattling and they're kind of going up and down. Like, yeah, let me go stick my face by it. 
That's a great idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you, you so, definitely have to see like, that was crazy. That's Gina. a good one. Like, you got to watch that on the show notes. Yeah. See all of them go to stormfrontfreaks.com episode 160 show notes. And it's just, yeah, they're wild. Okay, I love this part too because it's called the Wasted Weather Clips. And this is pretty much where we catch somebody kind of wasted doing a broadcast. You know, maybe they went to lunch and they had a few too many drinks, or, you know, maybe they had dinner and decided to throw a couple beers back. And then that said, hey, you know what? I got another good idea. I'm drinking. Let me do a broadcast. So, Phil, I think you have a good one, don't you? From our and one of our good friends. We do, yeah, Andrew. This isn't you, so you're safe. Uh, you're safe tonight. <laughs> we didn't pick good. I'm always yet. on the lookout over my shoulder. <laughs> Who's filming? You're safe tonight. But so we have a we have a great clip that we found uh, from friends of the show, uh, Storm Chasers Daniel Shaw, who's from Australia, and uh, Picos Hank Shima, um, and these guys were doing a a broadcast together uh they were doing some kind of a broadcast i think they were answering uh questions you know chat questions and stuff like that but they they obviously you know andrew they, they had a number of bourbons and and i don't think they had ice i i think they might have been drinking straight I'm out of the out. boat <laughs> oh Oh, Andrew! You'll be our next one. You'll be our next wasted weather clip. So I'm I'm going to play this for you guys. Uh, this again is uh, Daniel Shaw and Hank Shima uh, answering a, a viewers or or chat question on uh, some tornado video. Here's a great question. Well, what's the question? Daniel, did the El Reno tornado make you more cautious around rain rain wrap wedges? You can't say rain wrap wedges. Perfectly more cautious. Absolutely fine around. No, yeah, um, yeah, no, I I tried to I was cautious around rain wrap wedges to start with. I just didn't know I was driving into one. Had I known what I know now, it would not have happened. That's kind of yeah, the whole thing on YouTube. Oh, wow. Of minutes, remember to breathe. I tell everybody, uh, you know, two two big uh, videos you need to watch before every storm season is his El Reno all the way through, and also Skip Talbot's um, Lawrence, Kansas video. I think I watch them every year and they both scare hopefully some sense into me. So there you go. They, I, uh, I, I I'm surprised they got through the that. Best friend I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Many horses there, huh, Daniel? And you know what's You're... interesting? Some contracts for like on camera meteorologists, like they can drink up to like three drinks like have three glasses of wine it's written in their contract what really yes Matt yes, didn't have that contract no Matt's is like i totally got screwed on that is that yes. like for on air like loosen you up yeah. you on camera? Oh, wow. yes. 
whatever yes. they call it. Ken, I wrong profession. I won't I say the exam <laughs> news, so don't judge. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. So a little little wasted weather. We're always uh, always on the lookout uh, for our friends. Um, uh, maybe drinking drinking a little too much, but. Uh, I, I do want to mention, so, you know, MJ, I want to let everybody know. So MJ has been out a little bit and, and busy lately. Uh, so I know we've got a big inbox of mail and social media posts that we have to, we're going to have to filter through when he gets back. But just want to let everybody know, keep them coming. Uh, we love your written reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can always email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Or just jump on our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram accounts, and uh, you know if you post something, all that stuff. We, don't worry, we've been holding up on all that stuff. Everything you guys been doing, and and uh, we will we'll definitely share that when MJ uh, gets back. So that just about does it, I think, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening and watching. But before I announce our next show, uh, if you do like the show, don't forget to follow us on your podcast player so that you get notified and receive the latest episodes of our show delivered right to your library uh, the moment that it gets released. You can also find all the podcast player options at stormfrontfreaks.com. And, and help us out. I, you know, we always let you tell you guys, uh, tell a friend, you know, about your favorite episode or your favorite guests that we've had on or your favorite Maz moment, uh, you know, because I know there's lots of those. Uh, we're 160 shows in, Maz. There's lots of those. And you can, uh, you can also visit our website to find our Patreon link so you can check out all the ways we can do more with you and you can also help support the show. So just visit stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, and you can find that uh, Patreon link there. You can also uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. So right on YouTube, this is where you can watch all the previous versions of our recordings of Stormfront Freaks Raw, which, as you know, is is completely unedited, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> so you get to you get all the great conversations during breaks, great questions from our VIPs, and and who knows what else that gets beeped or edited out of the audio podcast. And we even have streams from our recent uh, Team Storm Chase uh, that you can find on there as well. Uh, just find that link at stormfrontfreaks.com. Special thanks goes to our guest tonight, Andrew Lyons. Andrew, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, thanks for that. That's, that was uh, definitely a lot of fun. We'll have to have you on again because uh, I know there's a lot of questions we didn't get to. Oh, yeah. there's. Uh, I had to... Glaze over some stuff at any any time you guys have questions. I'm happy. There's probably Wait, all kinds questions? of data we didn't Andrew get to. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I only came with one spreadsheet this time, but I can't come with more. Okay, we well, so. we'll keep that in mind. Uh, and let's uh, let's go around the horn, freaks. Find out how people can follow you, Dean. I'll start with you. Uh, Twitter's the best one at Lady Pilot seventy. Okay, Maz. Uh, Twitter at Money Storm. The number four. You. Okay, awesome. And Jen? Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Jennifer Weather, Twitter, at jwatson underscore WX. She just rolls right off the no, tongue. I, uh, <laughs> you can find me at, on Twitter. I'm uh, on, excuse me, uh, I'm oh. at Stormfront Freak. Uh, so that's, that's where you can find me. You so here, find here's me what you've bar. all been waiting for. Uh, now that Andrew's done, here's the next most exciting okay. part of the podcast. So we're going to be back in two weeks. And we're recording live on July 7th with the next installment of our movie commentary. Uh, and so we are going to play our exclusive drinking game 
to Sharknado. Oh. So uh, <laughs> we are doing our long-awaited Sharknado movie commentary. Uh, Patreon members, you can get details on how you can join our raw video recording live. And the edited audio podcast will be available to everyone else uh, the following Sunday. So you can listen while you watch this infamous weather thriller, right? Uh, that is that is Sharknado. Um, you'll also want to make sure you're following us on Twitter. I mentioned before, at Stormfront Freak. And or joining our EF5 and above Patreon team. Because we have got some amazing Sharknado giveaways that we're going to be doing around the show. So here's the guy. This oh, there is, it is. This Let's is, see. This is so cool and fun. This is just fun, fun <laughs> right? Uh, first one. Uh, so one of the things we're going to give away, oh, this is wow. the Sharknado soundtrack. Nice. Uh, motion picture soundtrack CD, all framed. Um which looks cool, right? It's got the whole image of the shark coming out of the tornado, all that cool stuff. Uh, so that that's one, you know, that's one of the items that I think we got a couple of those that we're going to give away. Nice. We also have issue number one comic of Archie versus Sharknado. Wow! Uh, and and we've got a couple of these as well. So it's it's the first issue of Archie. Oh, first issue. Comic book versus Sharknado, and this is framed. Uh, so we got a couple of those, so that's going to be fun. And you then this is face right now. He's just like, I should not be on the podcast <laughs> so I can win. <laughs> and then this is the piece de resistance of the entire okay. show. This okay. is a Sharknado Five Amazon Echo Dot. Oh, uh, wow. uh, uh, and it's no. a 3D printed holder for the Amazon Echo Dot. So I'm going to take this out for you guys. Cool. All right. Oh, oh it holds nice. the Echo Dot. So in so inside is the Amazon Echo Dot, oh, and it's nice. actually a a Sharknado Five Sci-Fi Channel wow. Amazon Echo Dot, and then it's a 3D printed tornado with all the sharks Wait. coming out of it. And it says uh, Sharknado 5 Global Swarming. Ah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. That's hilarious. And you get that the Echo fun. Dot, too. And you get the Echo Dot with that's it. Nice. So um, so that, that is an exclusive, uh, definitely limited edition rare piece. So I, I don't know which of those. You know, some of that stuff we'll put on Twitter, and some of the stuff will be only for our Patreon members. Uh, but just some, just some cool, fun stuff we're going to do. Along with, of course, we always have an exclusive drinking game with whatever movie we happen to be watching. So if, if you want to look back on any of the previous ones we've done, uh, Twister, Into the Storm, um, Day After Tomorrow, I think that might, that might be it. But Sharknado being next. So, so that should be fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll do Phil, I don't know where you got all those. Dan is like, he's speechless right now. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, I've, you were I've, I've been looking. I've been looking here for for a number of months, knowing that this was going to be coming, and we'd have a lot of fun with it. So, oh, so it'll okay. be a good time. So well, I the think uh, members can like just like either do a drinking game to see who you know if there's a tie, <laughs> who's standing <laughs> in the end. We'll That'd see. be good. I, I'd want to see that. I'd want to have them on camera too. So, uh, so with all of that, uh, stay tuned here in a couple of weeks. But I think for Dina, Maz, Jen, and Andrew. I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you guys next time. Good night. Good night. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.